Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Introvertolo, and I'm here with Ken Sebahar, and this is A Shot at Business Central and a Beer, our monthly podcast where we review a different beer and help you learn more about Microsoft Dynamics 365 Business Central. In this episode, we'll bring you the latest Business Central news, talk about an app that can really help control and clean up your customer database, and explore some personalization features within Business Central while Ken and I enjoy a nice cold beer. And with that, let's bring Ken in and see how he's been doing since our last podcast. So Ken, how are you and what are you drinking over there? Hey, Michael. Glad to be with you and everyone again. Uh, for another episode of A Shot of Business Central. Uh, I'm doing well, uh, staying healthy, uh, staying busy, and out of trouble. So <laughs> I guess all things considered, uh, I'm doing well, and I have no reason to complain. Good to hear, good to hear. How about yeah. you? Uh, same as always, staying healthy. I don't really get into too much trouble like yourself, but <laughs> doing, doing good. Uh I'm actually drinking beer this time, too. Are you surprised? Whoa. Oh, my God. I'm shocked. Yeah, I thought you might show up with a wine spritzer today. <laughs> no, funny uh, story. I went into Benny's, and I wanted to uh, buy a different beer for the podcast just because it's been nice out, so I wanted to get, like, a summery beer. And I ended up picking out O'Fallon Wheat from O'Fallon, Bre O'Fallon Brewery. But what are the odds that I've drank this beer before on the podcast pretty good apparently because i went back and looked and back in episode four i gave this beer a rating of 88 so oh, really? yeah so if i'm gonna make a colossal mistake like that at least the beer is not halfway bad <laughs> is this the o'fallon weech is that what you said yep, the o'fallon weech interesting so is this what what is a weech is a, a wheat so yeah it's 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 Wheat with a hint of uh, peach. So uh, imagine like a smooth, clean uh, wheat beer with a touch of peach. And then, uh, you know, it, it's light. It's refreshing. It's it's crisp. It's, it, it's, it's actually really good. It's the second time I've had it. <laughs> So you you must have had this one one of the episodes where we where we drank from a, a variety. Right. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was the episode where I had a, uh, drank from a variety. And of course, I walked into marketing or walked into Benny's and I fell for the marketing ploy because they had a peach beer stand right when I walked in. And I was like, oh, I'll give this a try. <laughs> We're all guilty of, of falling for that. You know, hey, would you like to try a free sample? Uh, yes, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what about you? What do you got over there? Well, since you decided to throw all of the craft beer uh, principles out the window last month with a Jack and Coke, Guilty. I decided that I am going to enjoy a nice, ice-cold, crisp, clean Miller Lite. Oh, taking it back old school. <laughs> a fine, fine Pilsner beer. Nice. Did you happen to uh, look up any of the ratings for that on Beer Advocate or, or whatnot? I did, yeah. And, oh, um, I think it's kind of like when when your Corona rankings, uh -huh. uh, like out of uh, 
I'm pretty sure that it's out of five, right? The score five is the yeah. highest score. <clears throat> yeah, the average rating was a 2.16. Crazy, man. Crazy. Ranked as the number 48,950th best beer. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. It's like yeah. a mainstay. It's been popular for decades. <laughs> yeah. What, what? Yeah. It's. Un, I mean. Yeah. They only sell like a gazillion of these a year. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's so terrible. It's. Yeah. There's forty-eight thousand and nine hundred and forty-nine beers that are better. Apparently. Yeah. I think those websites are peer pressuring domestic beers. You know, you got to be a craft beer, otherwise you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be on that site. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, and I think, yeah, is is, is it a craft beer? No. Um, but. The, you know, I think the, the reason I've, I've been drinking Miller Lite for, for years and years, probably couldn't even imagine how many probably, <laughs> but the, the thing about it is right. It's, it's, they make it to appeal to the widest number of drinkers possibly. Right. Yep. So they want it to be, have flavor, but yet still be light, a balanced taste, something that you can drink you know, a lot of and not get tired of the taste. Um, so I think if you think about it in terms of that, like, are, have, which, you know, which beer has attracts the largest audience? That's mm -hmm. why where you get into like, you know, whether it's Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light, um, that's their objective is to try to appeal to the to the widest possible audience. Yeah. And when I think about those beers, I, I mean, I just think real beer, uh, you know, growing up, those that's what you, you heard about. That's, you know, those are the beers that everybody drank. That's just what beer was <laughs> or right. is to me. Yeah. Now, what would you give that a rating of? I'd, I'd probably go 89. 89. And the re yeah, the reason I'd go 89, I, I think when, once I, when you hit 90, you know, it's got to be really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if Miller Lite is really, really good, but yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, something that again, you, you could drink on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, do you think any domestic non-craft beer would crack into the nineties on your list or what? No, no, I don't think no. so. This, this would be, that's why I give it 89. That's my highest, that's my highest possible mass produced you know, marketed uh, beer score. Nice. Which I, so, and I would officially for the record rank Miller Lite ahead of Bud Light or Coors Light. Yeah, as would I, definitely. I like um, how, you know, about a year ago they had a little, there's like a, a little beer war between Bud Light and Miller Lite, right? Where they mm -hmm. were making fun of each other. I think Bud Light ran some commercials um, making fun of Miller Lite for using corn syrup. Um, oh yeah yeah <laughs> but on the, on the miller light homepage right now it says what makes an original high quality ingredients water barley malt yeast hops hop extract and corn syrup <laughs> so i guess so they they've, they've embraced it they own it <laughs> yeah. oh that's pretty good well let's see how long that miller light lasts you then for the podcast i don't think my O'Fallon weech peach beer is going to last too long it's 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 pretty good so with that 
let's get into some of this month's Business Central news. Now, as I was searching, I didn't find too much stuff that was different uh, as opposed to months past with all the new release information. Right. But Ken, you did turn me on to the uh, where the Microsoft has enabled existing customers who are currently active on their enhancement plan to renew their enhancement plan through the CSP and then in turn receive Dynamics 365 Business Central licenses. I think this is a great idea just because of the current times we're in. People, some people are struggling to pay, you know, a ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollar enhancement plan lump sum all in front. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the reasons they 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 move they're moving to this. Um, so yeah, so if any customer who's currently on an annual enhancement plan with Microsoft may be running Dynamics NAV or GP or SL uh, or even or on premise uh, Dynamics 365 Business Central, you you now can migrate that enhancement annual enhancement plan to a 365 Business Central Cloud subscription license and then get a monthly bill. Uh, so are you effectively not having to pay then? Let, let's say your enhancement plan is due today or tomorrow, right? It's $10,000. Yeah. If you migrate to the cloud, you're just paying that $10,000 price uh, basically over the next 12 months. So you're almost getting a year for free on your enhancement plan. Um, I, no, I don't think you're getting a, a year for free. You're, it's just a transition. So um, what, what you have to do is you have to purchase a, a, a minimum number of users on the cloud so that your annual um, license consumption is at least equal to what your enhancement plan value was. Mm -hmm. So if you're at 10,000, you may need to activate, I don't know, however many it is, 100 or, or, or 50 users on the cloud. And then you get a substantial discount too off of that. So you're not paying nearly close uh, to the, you know, to the list price of the subscription fee. You're getting a heavy discount by transitioning. Mm -hmm. So what they, the thought process is they want people who have been running on premise dynamic solutions. They want them to have the opportunity to just transition that that annual payment into a monthly payment with the plan that they're going to move to Business Central Cloud um, within a period of time. Right now, but these are dual use, dual usage uh, licenses, right? So you can still use your right. on-premise NAV or Business Central, whatever it is. Correct. Yeah, you could continue running GP or SL or, or NAV. Um, it's downgradable rights, they call it. Um, so you keep using your current on-premise license, um, but that but that transitions over to the monthly uh, billing plan for online. Nice. How long is this good for? Do you know? Um, that I, I don't know. It's a new offer uh, that's coming out. It's actually going to be effective June first. Okay. Um, and then I guess we should say also that you know this is just an option if 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 uh, if you're an existing on-premise customer and you want to continue paying on an annual basis for your enhancement plan, uh, you can mm -hmm. certainly continue to do that uh, going forward also. Yeah, I see here in the, in the notes, offer length is June 1st, 2020 to June 30th, 2021. Okay, there you go. So offer duration one year. <laughs> oh, but then it says one year initial agreement and two optional one year renewals. 
So it could be three years. Okay, so, okay yeah, that's what, I, that's what I thought. I was thinking three three years for some reason. That must be why. Um, pretty so nice. yeah, I think, yeah, I think they want to, you know, I think it, like to your point, yeah, it helps people plan and budget um, cash flow better if it's a monthly basis. And it also starts them getting, you know, getting thinking about that transition uh, to a cloud solution. That's great. I mean, hey, it's the way, it's the way of the future cloud. So why not take advantage of the offer and jump on board? Yeah, I think, you know, between this and there's some new GP migra data migration tools that they're coming out with, um, you know, they're, they're really putting their best, you know, doing a great job of making sure that customers have relatively straightforward options to transition to the cloud. And, and without incurring a significantly higher price point to do it. Yeah, very nice. Very nice by Microsoft. Yeah. So that's one piece of news. Uh, I think another one is you might want to talk about the they released the Business Central. What was it? 16.1 update. Yeah, it came out. Um, we got notifications. A lot of our, our environments got updated on approximately May 21st with version 16.1. So... 16.0 uh, was the official version number for the spring 2020 wave one release uh, that came out in April. And what happened was most of the new features for the 2020 wave one release were actually deployed in April. However, there were several of those features that were not uh, included Ooh. in April. And, and one example of that is the, so if you look at um, the what's new for 16.1, it's actually just one feature. Um, just one. Just one. And it probably isn't even something that's too relevant for most people. What it <laughs> does is it's, it's company lifecycle telemetry features. So what this basically does is it, it, it um, records log entries for any operation failures while creating a new company, copying a company, or deleting a company within Business Central. Now, why do you think this is a feature? You think a lot of people are having, have had issues with creating a new company or deleting a company or whatnot? Well, I, 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 yeah. sorry, I, well, I haven't heard that this has been a big issue. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But I could see how, you know, if, if I am, let's say I, I, I was a Business Central user, and I said, you know what, okay, I'm going to go create another company now. And I go to create it, and, and it just fails, right? Uh, you, what do you do? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you had, there was no behind-the-scenes logs or what they call telemetry to track, like, what happened or why that failure occurred. Whereas, you know, now they have the ability to we as a partner or as microsoft to go actually investigate that and figure out the specific reason that it failed so that that can be addressed and, and resolved real nice real nice and i think one more thing we should we should also go back and touch on you mentioned it that with the spring release updates or fall release updates mm -hmm. they don't all just every update isn't available on the like april 1st on the on the go live or whatever, whatever they call the general availability. Yep. So it happens throughout the period in between each updates, right? Yeah. Is that, yeah, exactly. So, so when they say 2020 wave one, those are features that will be deployed between April and effective in September. 
Um, now, there's actually a page on the on on the Microsoft um, site where it's it's called What's New and Planned for Dynamics 365 Business Central. This one is published or last updated on on May 14th. It actually shows you feature by feature which ones were deployed on different dates. And nice. if you look at this, you'll see that most of them were April. Uh, however, there are a few like this one that, that are not. Another example, here's a couple that are going to be coming out in June. One is bank reconciliation improvements. Uh, another is installing app source apps updates in the Business Central Administration Center. Sounds like some, uh, you know, uh, app app management tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a new URL parameter that hides web client header. So some of these things are technical things. They're not major features, but they may be development tools or system tools um, right. that are coming out. And, and, and uh, there's a few also in, that are scheduled for July as well. Nice. So the, the, the guarantee really is, though, is that those features will all be available by the, ne by the next release of uh, the major release of Business Central. Right. Real nice, real nice. Uh, got anything else over there? Any any other new news from Business Central? Um, I don't. That's it. Just the just the new, um, yeah, the, those few features that there will be some things coming out in June and some things coming out in July. So I think we can plan for an update 16.2 and 16.3 over the upcoming months. And then even into August, or, or September, you may have, a, there may be a 16.4 or 5 if there are issues that, that they feel need to be deployed before the next uh, release, which will be 2020 Wave 2, which is scheduled for October. Nice. So a lot of new features coming. And speaking of new features, you've got some personalization tips for everybody, don't you, Ken? <laughs> Yeah, I thought we instead of, you know, today talking about just a general feature, uh, we talk about the, you know, personalizing your experience by user within Business Central. And so when, when we say, you know, when we talk about personalization, you know, so, you know, what do we mean? Well, you know, when a user logs into Business Central and they open up, for example, let's just stick with the, the customer list for example so you pull up a list of customers right um, by default you're gonna the system you're gonna see certain columns displayed right okay. and then when you open up a customer card you're gonna see certain fields displayed in a certain order well a lot of those fields or some of those fields you may not need or you may want other fields displayed instead so what personalization allows each user to do is to go in and actually tailor the pages so that it meets their specific needs. Wow. Right. Now, so that can be done. What we're talking about when we say the word personalize, we're talking about an individual basis. So for each user and those changes follow that user and, and, and all those changes are remembered because it knows that, oh, Ken, you went in and you personalized this customer list. So next time you log in, you're going to see it that way, the way that you personalized it. Nice. There is, though, another level 
where called called um, configuration, where an administrator can create those same types of layout changes so that the workspace has been updated for multiple users who use a specific role center. Hmm. So yeah, example might be like you have uh, right 10 people in customer service and you want all of them to have the same sales order entry page. So you could log in an administrator can go make these configuration changes that get applied to anyone who uses that role center. Nice, real nice. Yeah. So, so it's effectively just yeah. making the life easier for the user. Yeah, exactly. So some of the, obviously what, where we see it, this used the, for most effectively is to effectively to clear out all of the things that a user does not need to see, right? Um, we we want to simplify it, streamline it. We don't, if there's fields that aren't being used, we can use this to eliminate those. Menu options, reports that are up on the ribbon, uh, fact boxes, all those types of things that you see on the page, we actually can control. Um, and, and we find that the simpler we make the page, the better. Now, is this something that the partner has to do or can... I nope. guess a super user do it. Yeah. So this is well, if you're in terms of personalizing, by default, every user has the ability to personalize their own business central pages. Real nice. Um, now there is, you know, some people just might have started to panic. There <laughs> there is the ability to disable a user's ability to personalize. Okay. <laughs> yeah, in, in all companies or specific companies. So there is the ability from a permission standpoint to say, okay, well, I don't want, you know, uh, you know, Ken to go in and change the pages. We've got them laid out just how he, he should see them, and there's no reason for him to go in and make changes. So you, you can disable that. Nice. Makes complete sense. Yeah. So what I thought we would do is instead of just kind of reading through a list of what types of things can a user do. I went ahead and I kind of put together my my top personalizations ranking list. All right. So I kind of looked at, you know, all the different things that a user can do and, and from a, you know, from a relevance standpoint and an impact. So what are the things that are the most impactful or the most widely used or requested changes? Um, that are that are out there. So okay. we'll kind of go down down my list here. We're going to cover most of the most of the personalizations, but but the, probably the, the first thing, the number one thing and the easiest personalization that a user can do is they can change the width of a column on a list page. Hmm. And and actually that is the that's it's a little bit of a unique change in that you actually don't need to use the personalized menu to do it. All you need to do is if you're sitting on the customer list page, you just hover your mouse arrow over the border of a column and you'll see your cursor turns into a little uh, line with two arrows. And then from there, you can just click your mouse button and you can expand or contract uh, any column. So it's kind of taking a page out of uh, Excel, right? Pretty much yeah, the same. 
exactly works works the same way. Nice, pretty cool. And if you and if you double click, it actually auto contracts it to the widest, just like Excel. Very nice. So you yeah. think that's the number one feature everybody likes? I think it's the number one in terms of impact because um, it's so easy to do. And um, certain columns by default don't display enough space. Gotcha. So it, 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 the system does not automatically wide contract or expand the columns. Maybe that's a nice, nice feature request for the next version. Yeah. <laughs> Auto Very contract nice. and expand based on the width of the values. Mm. <laughs> this is pretty low. I mean, this is a pretty new feature within the last year, right? Yes. Or has it been yep. longer? Yeah. 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 You used to have to go into the designer, uh, I'm sorry, into the personalized option if you wanted to make field width changes. Right. Now they've made it a lot easier and a lot quicker. Yep. So number two uh, is choosing which columns or which fields i should say are displayed on a page and you have the ability to do this on a list page or on a card page even like a customer card for example mm -hmm. and you have the ability so now to do this what you do is you hit the gear button up on the top right corner and then the user has an option called personalize and from there they have a few options. They can add a new field that might not currently be visible. They can click on a little red arrow that appears on the header of a column and they can hide a column to remove it. Or they can choose move and you can actually reposition a column on the list page. Very so, nice. So really complete control over which fields are displayed and in what order on your list pages. And this is a lot easier to do than in, in, in past versions of like nav or whatnot, right? Where the user really couldn't just drag uh, and drop. Yeah, in, in what was called the Windows client or role tailored client, the user did have the ability to do these things. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, it's just a little bit different in, in how you go about doing it. Um, gotcha. That's the same there. Um, number three is to is uh, to add a new action to a page or report on your role center. So you know I may be um, I'm an order processor, but very often I have to go into let's say um, you know items. So what I can do is I can search for items, open up the item page and then hit a little bookmark icon. But what it does is it then adds that access to items right on my role center page. Oh, so nice. I don't have to I don't have to use the search anymore. I just once I do the search and bookmark the report or bookmark the page, all I have to do is I'll now see it right on my role center page so I can quickly get to it. Great. Um, number four, back to the list page. Um, the user using that same personalized function has the ability to set or change the location of the freeze pane. So just like in Excel, you set your freeze pane. So if you scroll over to the right or the left, you still want to see maybe your customer number and customer names. Um, you can lock or freeze 
at a certain position, and that's something that a user can change. Okay. Nice. Um, so a few of the other ones. So I think those are some of the, the main ones. Now, some of the other things you can do, you can change the fact boxes that are displayed on a page. You can make a field visible or display only if you select a show more option. So this is the ability, like if you're on a customer card and you open it up and on the general tab, maybe you have six fields that are displayed by default. Um, you have the ability to select what what are those six fields and then maybe there's more fields you want to be displayed only if the user hits a little short show more link. Um, gotcha. so that's, it, that's a feature that's there. You'll see it on different pages, um, but the user can actually personalize or change what are the fields that are included or excluded uh, when you're not showing more. Very nice. A uh, couple more. Um, this one's uh, called quick entry. You can choose which fields get skipped over when you press enter as you're entering your way through a line. Um, you actually can go in and say and click on a column or a field and say exclude from quick entry. And, and then what happens is as you enter through, it actually skips over those fields. And then the last little thing is you can control what field values are displayed in the heading of a fast tab when the fast tab is collapsed. So that way you, you may be able to show some information or field values without actually having to scroll down or open up that tab uh, to see see what's on there. Um, and then the last little bit, uh, you know, is is, you know, some people get nervous because they're like, well, what if I go in there and I, I kind of over personalize or I, I do something that I shouldn't have done? You know, what happens? Uh, I'm stuck. I just want to get back to normal, right? There is in the personalized page up in the under the settings, there is an option, a little a little button up on the up on the ribbon called clear personalizations. And when you click on this button, a few things that people should know. The first is it's only going to clear the personalizations for that current page. Okay. So people get nervous, like, is it going to clear all my personalizations? Yeah. Uh, Wipe out everything. Right. And then once you click on the clear personalizations button, a little box pops up. And you actually have multiple options. You can say clear only your actions, or you can clear only fields, columns, and parts, or only filtered views. And then the last option is you can clear all, all of the above. Very so. nice. So yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's just important that people know that all of these, all of these personalization and configuration capabilities are there because when they first sign up for a trial and they log in, you know, they may see a lot of fields and a lot of options that they really don't need. Um, and, and I think that it, it can be overwhelming to a new user who opens that card page and sees that there's like, you know, 80 fields on there, um, that, that a common routine practice, kind of a best practice when implementing Business Central is think about what your, the 80-20 rule and what are the what are the pages that users spend 80% of their time on? 
and then let's personalize those pages to make them very simple and very straightforward so that users don't have a hard time navigating their way through those pages. It's a great tip. That's the way to do it. I mean, it, 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 like you said, it's, it's all about productivity. It's all about creating less errors. So all these personalizations are great. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, uh, an initial, when I say something like that, of go in and you need to personalize all these pages, some people's first thought is, well, that's pretty time consuming, right? <laughs> it, but in, the, in reality, it's not. Um, if you yeah. think about it, there probably are 10 or 12 pages on average where most users spend most of their time. So, you know, to go in and to configure or personalize those top 10 pages, start with that. And when you deploy, right, you can have that in place. And then over time, you can slowly configure or personalize additional pages so that it, it doesn't have to be you know, a week long project. It can be something that within a, a couple hours, uh, you know, the system administrator can can handle that. Yeah, just just enough to get the, the major pages set up for the for the user. That uh, makes it makes complete sense. It's really it's really good. Uh, good thinking. So, well, all right. Thanks so much for all those wonderful personalization tips. Next. Yeah, yeah, you've been out there, I was just going to say, you've been out there uh, searching app source, right? I have, I have, I have. I, I like to pick, uh, obviously, different apps than, than you do. But since we were talking about e-commerce apps last month, during last month's podcast, this month, uh, this app sort of caught my eye. It's the Favio Duplicate Check app. And I kind of thought, you know, with e-commerce, you're going to be entering new customers left and right. What better... Uh, what better app to pick than something that checks the duplication of customers within your system. So this month, you know, we're just going to basically look at whether or not this, this app offers more or less functionality than the standard duplicate check feature that's located within Business Central and the Merge Customers and Vendors feature as well. Mm -hmm. So why, why maintain a, a healthy contact list or a scrubbed contact list? Well, it's essential for a bunch of things. I mean, you know, as simple as sending, having to send the invoice to the proper contact or even, you know, using marketing retargeting efforts, things like that. So there's, there's a bunch of different reasons why you want to have a updated uh, customer list. Now, some smaller organizations, they might not worry too much about duplicate entries because they have, you know, maybe one person entering in new customers and, and vendors and whatnot. But as that business continues to grow, you're more than likely going to have multiple people entering in you know, uh, customers, or like we said before, they might come from an e-commerce app or, or CRM app. So with that, let's start with the Business Central built-in duplicate feature and what we really know about that. We know that if you go into duplicate context task, uh, Business Central is going to show you a list of duplicates based on the search criteria that you uh, selected through the marketing setup page. And this criteria can be anything from searching for the first five characters of a first name to the first five characters of a mobile phone number. But, uh, you know, what's nice about it is, too, is that, you know, it, with, the, with the duplicate feature of Business Central, 
you can choose to actually have it search automatically. Right. And for something that's, you know, out of the box, that's that's pretty nice to have something search for duplicate contacts automatically. So you found a duplicate contact. What would you do with the standard functionality of Business Central? Well, you may want to use Business Central's merge customer and merge vendors feature. Because with this, you can you can, you know, merge two existing customers and vendor records together. And, you know, you can merge things like posted invoices, credit memos, ledger entries. Uh, we have a nice demo video that we'll include with the, the show links to show how this is done. So now the question is, what does the Favio duplicate check app offer that Business Central does not? Well, according to the uh, listing that Favio has on Microsoft App Source, they say that renegade customer accounts are checked and reunited automatically including all ledger entries, reports, and balances through a configurable set of options matching master data for duplicate detection. So the first thing that stood out to me was is that the Favio app will check automatically on whether or not these, these contacts are duplicates and then merge them together. Now, Ken and I, we went through and we, we tested it and uh, it turns out it doesn't really do it automatically. You still have to run, what was it called, Ken, the check? I think it was a process called run duplicate check. Run duplicate check, yeah. So once you ran the duplicate check based on the parameters that you entered, then it would actually merge the, the customers together. And it only works within customer context, whereas Business Central works on the context page. Yeah. So it's hard to distinguish between customers and contacts, right? Yeah, and it only did the automatic... Um, merging if it was a 100% character match between all of the fields that, that are used, right? So name, name to, address, address to, city, state, zip, country, contact, and contact email, I think. Yeah. Right? Now, I think, though, I think, though, that's what you'd want. You'd want a 100% match. You don't want any any room for error. Right. Um me, I, I don't know. I, I still might be a little nervous having something uh, merge everything automatically. What about you? What do you think? Would you be okay with this doing it if it's a hundred percent match? Um, I, 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 I probably would not set it to automatically merge. So you can turn that off. Um, that yeah. that's one thing, right? So it's kind of on the setup on the duplicate check setup page, you could actually turn off the automatic uh, merging or combination fields uh, option. So in, in that case, what would happen is you, if it detects, uh, you run this check for duplicates process, it then there's a status field that's added to the customer record that says that it's, it's in test, I think is what the value was. Um, and then you can open a duplicate, duplicate customers page and on that page, you kind of look, you see, you know, what, the, which records are duplicates. And then from there, you can pick, do you want to maintain the original or do you want to maintain the new one? And you just hit a button uh, to, to initiate the merging. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So, so overall, I mean, I'd say that it, it works pretty good. It's, uh, it's easy to use. And the best part about it is it's free. So with it being free, and Ken, you being the expert, would you recommend this app? Um, I would. And here, and, and the specific um, use 
that comes to mind for me is when a company is implementing Business Central for the first time, right? You're coming off some old system typically. And in that old system, you've got years and years of data. And a lot of times that data is bad. The old, older systems didn't have duplicate checks and merging functionality likely, right? Right. So, so I think what's cool is you, you can just take a file of all of your customer data, import it in using the rapid start import tools, and then install this app, set it up, do the contact duplicate check, and use use that tool to merge your customers together and do that analysis uh, to clean it up. Yeah, that makes complete sense, and it, it makes your job a lot a lot easier, right? So. Right. Yeah, I think you could get by. You know, in the long term, um, you probably could get by just fine using the standard built-in duplicate contacts feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the and they merge the standard merge customers and merge vendors functions, um, and I guess I I think you kind of touched on this, but just to point out too that the Favio app is only on the customer side, whereas because the duplicate the standard duplicate search functions built on contacts, uh, that could also incorporate. Uh, vendors or other contacts that you have in your contacts table also right right so all in all not a bad app great price point with it being free yep and uh you heard it from the expert he would recommend it (laughs) yes sir all right well ken that brings us to the close of another month of a shot at business central and a beer uh it has been uh fun but it's been another month where we've had to actually do it remotely. So I'm looking forward to getting back into the office sometime and doing this face to face. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that when we get together in late June, uh, that that we will be able to uh, do this face to face. Of course, still meeting full social distancing guidelines. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Agreed, agreed. So with that, thank you, everybody. Uh, Do not forget to tell a friend, subscribe, and share this podcast. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Thank you, everyone.